Oscar Combs here, and I want to put one rumor to rest, once and for all. The story is that Rafferty's goes all out for sports fans. And let me tell you, it's absolutely true. Confirmed. And fans love Rafferty's right back because the food is so terrific. Serve fresh, serve fast, serve friendly, lunch or dinner. Rafferty's menu is jam-packed with all your favorites. Steaks, prime rib, chicken, ribs, delicious dishes and generous sizes that really satisfy the appetite. So come hang with the sports crowd at Rafferty's. It's the tastiest place in town. Welcome to Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's. In episode 49, Oscar continues his conversation with trainer Walt McCombs. Walt was with the Wildcats from the early 70s and in the early 90s, and he had the privilege to get to know many of the great players, coaches, administrators, and staff that surrounded the University of Kentucky basketball team. Walt shares those memories with you and Oscar and some of his favorite stories, too. Who dunked over a 7'2 Russian? What did Coach Joby Hall give Walt McCombs for Christmas one year? And who was the famous comedic duo that Walt compared himself and Mr. Wildcat to? Oh, yeah, there's another great Melvin Turpin story included as well. Walt will share his thoughts on nine staff members, four athletic directors, three presidents, 15 players, and 12 coaches. I'm Bo Robinson, and we're going to take a trip into the trainer's room, get those ankles taped up by one of the most loyal members of the Big Blue Nation. This is Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's, and his guest, Walt McCombs. Let's go back now and, and talk about some of the people that you interacted with, worked with, uh, worked for you, players, administrators at Kentucky, and just a little bit about what you remember them, just three or four words, one sentence, whatever. Uh, if you want to expand on one or yeah. two, that's fine, too. Uh, let's just start with uh, Bill Kitely. Oh, Bill Kitely. He's a wonderful guy. I mean, I, I, I just loved him. I always, uh, we were like Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I pulled tricks on him, and he'd always laugh and never got mad at me and stuff like that. But I was always pranking him, and uh, that's just one way I showed him that I loved him and respected him. Dr. V.A. Jackson. Well, Every time we'd get ahead and the game was over, he knew we'd win it. He would stand up, face the crowd, and say, put the chairs in the wagon because church is out. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Rice. Russell Rice, yeah. Russell, I didn't work that much with him, but uh, when I did, he was uh, a gentleman and uh I always respected other people, and I always respected him. Jack Perry. Jack Perry, one of the traveling buddies. Back uh, when the players used to fly on the state plane, some they wouldn't have room on the plane for everybody. So Jack and I would have to fly sometimes to Memphis and then get a rental car and go meet the team wherever. But, uh, yeah, he was, he was a quality person. Chris Cameron. Chris Cameron. He was fun to work with. Uh, of course, uh, 
I didn't work with him as much and hang out with him as much as I did with Jack Perry. But, uh, yeah, Chris, all that. Brad Davis. Brad Davis, he was another one that uh, was good. Uh, and, like, uh, the rest of them, I wasn't as close, or some of them I wasn't as close to him as as Jack. I don't think I'd ever be as close to sports information director as it was Jack. Cliff Hagen. Cliff Hagen, uh, a great person. Uh, like I said, he's the one that called me up and asked me to come back in 76. Uh, I remember trying to play some lunch league games with him because he'd go play basketball during lunch at the Coliseum. And he didn't like to lose either, did he? No. No, no, <laughs> no. But he still had his hook shot. He was just remarkable. Larry Ivey. Larry Ivey, he was uh, always good to me. Uh, helped me out several times. Uh, you know, just giving me uh, some guidance or what would you do or what do I need to do. And, uh, yeah, I, Larry Ivey was a quality person too. Rock Oliver. Rock Oliver. The first name says it all. <laughs> Rock. Yep. He was a hard worker. He's worked, uh, you know, all over the country, South Carolina, and I think he was Cal for a while at Memphis for a period of time. But Rock was sort of, I believe, ahead of his time when he started implementing the uh, program that we had when he was here. Martin McMacken. Marta, she was always smiling, <laughs> even, even though you may have some bad news to bring her, but uh, she was always good to me and a uh, quality person, and if I had some issues with wanting to know what uh, coaches really wanted, I'd go ask her. <laughs> Cause Bob Bradley. Bob Bradley. Well, this guy, he's been around just about as long as I have. He's a... Uh, Quality person, I hang out with him, you know, when I see see him uh, at times at some of our luncheons and all that with the athletic department. And, uh, yeah, he's he's a very loyal, loyal Wildcat. You probably didn't know him all that well, but you were here some of the time with him too, Harry Lancaster. Yeah, well, Harry, uh, Harry was A.D. when I got here. And, uh. When I got here, I was working football, and then Adolf called me over for an interview because they needed a trainer. So I went over and interviewed with Adolf, and then Adolf didn't exactly like all my answers. And so about two weeks later, he calls Roy Don and says, Roy Don, you got anybody in mind that I could use for a trainer? He says, Walt McCombs. He says, well, send him on over. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I went and interviewed the second time, and I must hit some of the right notes. So. Uh, Adolph told me, says, uh, you go down and see Harry, and he'll give you the paperwork and all that stuff for for uh, working basketball. C.M. Newton. C.M. Newton. I, uh, Alabama was one of the my favorite places to go on a road trip for basketball because they're trainers and all that stuff, their whole staff. And I got to know C.M. a little bit then, and then he was at Bandy, and then he got up here, and uh, – he uh, he really uh, took 
control of the athletic department and got every, the ship righted if it needed that much more writing. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's a quality man, too. Dr. Otis Singletary. Otis. <laughs> Otis, my man. <laughs> uh, he he was always friendly with a lot of times he'd see me and Kitely on the road, uh, maybe having an adult beverage, and uh, he'd come over and buy us. That one. was milk, I presume. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grade A, no, no two yeah. percent. We yeah. needed the real stuff. So, anyway, he was always nice to me. I mean, he knew my name and all that sort of thing, and that made me feel special. If the president of the university knows your name, so anyway, yeah, he was a good man. Doctor David Roselle. I don't know that much about him. I, I think he. Uh, I th- I think he knew he wasn't going to be here that long because he, you know, some people getting a job, that's good. Maybe I go somewhere else and get more money and all that stuff. And I don't know all the implications of some of the things he put in, but yeah, I'm glad he found employment elsewhere. Dr. Charles Wethington. He was a very friendly guy. He knew my name, too, me and Kyle. I mean, any of the presidents that want to know the sort of the, the heartbeat of athletics, all they had to do was go over and see Mr. Kitely and get to know him, and that was a step in the right direction for them. Let's talk a little bit now about the favorite part of all of Kentucky athletics, and that's the players themselves, and you've known a bunch. Let's start out with uh, Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson, he had the biggest smile in the world. He had great defensive players, you know, he had great wingspan and a hard player, and uh, yeah, a good kid. Marion Haskins. There's another good kid. Uh, you know, some of these are, from what I remember, Kentucky kids. Marion always laughing, cutting up, but, you know, working as hard as anybody. Rick Roby. Rick Roby, yep. He uh, he worked his uh, butt off while he was here and then in his professional league, and I think uh, that's the reason he's got a hip replacement. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Phillips. Uh, Mike Phillips is a, he's a great kid, sort of a silent guy, you know, and uh, – but uh, one thing with him, when Coach Hall put it in that uh, conditioning program, we they had to run like 220s, so many, and make them all under a certain amount of time. And uh, Mike didn't make all his, so he was instructed that he would stay there until he made all his times. And Mike looked up and says, well, you can run me hard, but you can't run me long. <laughs> Jack Givens. Jack Givens, yeah. Great personality, great left-handed jump shot, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, those guys are, you know, special because they are special anyway. But they won a, a national championship, and uh, those players usually stick in the fans' minds a lot longer than some that don't make it. James Lee, we'll keep right on. Oh yeah, James Lee. Boy, he was, he was a. A physique and a half. I just one thing I remember about him is when we were playing the Russians and he dunked over that seven two guy, whatever it was at Coliseum. Yes. 
I can't pronounce his name either. <laughs> Kyle Macy. Kyle Macy. Uh, he is uh, he's a nice, one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. Uh, he's always been a friend of mine. And uh, when I was still working at UK, uh, he would always come up. He'd go play tennis a lot, and he'd drop in and see me and say, uh, can you put some stem on my leg or something like that? <laughs> but I still got to treat him. I just I was glad to see him. I'd, I'd have got, you know, done anything for him. Freddie Cowan. Freddie Cowan. Rabbit hunting Freddie Cowan. Yep. Uh, one story I remember about Freddie. I think he went out to Texas when he was on a recruiting trip, and he gets on the elevator at the motel, and some of the fans or people in the elevator look up at him and says, uh, where are you from? He says, Union County. Like, everybody in the world knew where Union County was. In Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Cord. Oh. He was a hard worker. Loved life. Had fun. Knew when to work, knew when to play. Late Charles Hurt. Oh. He was a physical specimen, too. I mean, he could jump very well, defend very well, and played his, played his heart out every time he got on the floor. Dirk Manifield. Dirk Manifield. What a guy. He, uh, he, uh, he was a great defender. Of course, played at Lafayette and uh, just all-around team player. And uh, just another one of those great guys. Sam Bowie. Samuel P. Bowie, yep. He was something else and still something else. He, uh, he worked hard, overcame adversity. Uh, just watching some of the replays when he fractured his leg, when he was playing professional ball. Uh, I mean, he went through a lot and uh, just another quality human being. Late Melvin Turpin. Melvin Turpin. I tell you, I loved all those guys, but Melvin was just happy all the time. He'd work hard, sometimes try to get out of stuff. He uh, came in the training room one day said his back had been bothering him. So I said, okay, I put some treatment on him. I looked at him and I said, uh, well, does it hurt? He said, well, if I do this, if I do that. You know, so he's getting treatment and I've got a dollar bill in my pocket. So I pull it out and I drop it on the training room floor. So when Melvin gets up and he's complaining not being able to bend this way and bend that way, he had no problem picking up that dollar bill. So I knew he, <laughs> I knew he wasn't as bad off as he was putting Use on. a little psychology there. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Master. Jim Master, he was a shooter, I tell you what. He could he could stroke it. Yeah, good kid. Dickie Bill. Dickie Bill, hard worker, good kid, overcame adversity with that uh, – little issue with his knee and uh, just another quality human being. Kenny Skywalker. Kenny Skywalker, yeah. He had an infectious smile and, of course, needless to say, he could jump out of the gym. 
uh, his parents, when they came up and stuff, they were always really nice and humble. And Kenny's very humble, too. A lot of these guys are. I, I mean, a lot of this stuff you don't think about until you drift away from the program, you realize how great these guys were. Winston Bennett. Winston Bennett, yep. He uh, he overcame a knee injury, too, here. Uh, worked hard. Uh, his mom and dad, I met them several times. They were good people. And Winston is another one of those quality players. I tell you, Coach Hall sure did uh, recruit a lot of quality players, and they were quality human beings, too. Ed Davender. Ed Davender. Uh Back then, we used to do blue and white scrimmages all across the state. We went up to Pikeville, <coughs> and, of course, all the Pike and some of the other players looked up, and they didn't see any Afro-Americans in the stands. <laughs> they didn't realize that, that we were in Pikeville, and that uh, Kitely started calling Ed Davender Pike all the time, short for Pikeville, just to give him a reminder. <laughs> Cedric Jenkins. Cedric, yep, he was a hard worker. He was uh, intelligent kid. All these guys, like I said, are quality people. Rex Chapman. Oh, he could jump out of the gym. He uh, always had a good personality, always laughing, and, uh, you know, making things fun as fun could be when, when they were practicing stuff, and he sure made the training room fun, too. John Pelfrey. John Pelfrey, old John, he's uh, he was a good kid. I think his mom and dad both taught uh, high school. He was another one of the quality kids uh, that came to Kentucky and made an impact. Darren Fellhouse. Darren Fellhouse, another uh, Kentucky kid. Uh, he a uh, hard worker. I mean, those guys, they must have worked in the cotton, I mean, uh, tobacco fields or something before they came to UK because uh, they are all beefed up and the hard work doesn't seem to bother them. Sean Woods. Sean Woods, another great defensive player. Uh, good offensive player when he, uh, when he needed to be and uh, another quality person. Richie Farmer. Richie Farmer. <laughs> Uh, Richie got here and, uh, of course, putting him through the conditioning program. And uh, we thought he might have asthma or something because he had difficulty breathing every time he'd do something. And uh, come to find out, I don't think he'd ever ran on a track because in high school they'd just roll the ball out and they'd play themselves in shape. But uh, got it figured out. He was just out of shape. Reggie Hanson. Reggie Hanson. There's another Another good one. He's always had a good sense of humor, and uh, he and Rex would kid around all the time, uh, punking each other. And uh, he was, you know, another good, another good person. Jamal Mashburn. Oh wow! Well, what a what a physique that guy had, and what what a t different assortment of tools he had in his toolbox because he could do everything. That took you through most of the era up to when you left basketball, but let's talk a little bit about a few of the players that you've seen from being on the campus, but you really wasn't a trainer. 
uh, people like, say, Antoine Walker? Uh, I really didn't get around campus that much or, you know, maybe if I took some uh, courses to work on my master's, which I never <laughs> got, I'd probably seen some of those guys on campus. Best player, UK player, you've seen in your lifetime compete? Uh, I, you know, Rex, Rex had all the tools, and they could jump. And I guess that's the reason he was the number one draft choice for the the Hornets back in the day. But he could he could rebound, he could defense, shoot the ball, shoot free throws, get assists. Yeah, he could do it all. The player during your time who had the highest, highest tolerance level for pain. Hmm. Well, Tom Parker, uh, first year I got up here, he had a real bad ankle sprain. And, you know, we'd work on it and I'd tape him up. And I said, well, if you need this reinforced anymore, let me know. And sometimes it, you know, but his his ankle was uh, uh, very swollen, but he just fought through it. You know, uh, there wasn't any serious damage, just some uh, stretched ligaments, and he worked through the pain. And I don't even know, I can't even remember if he like, missed any time as a game or not, but I know he, you know, had to take it light and practices for a couple of free days. Who stuck out most as the guy with the lowest? tolerance level of pain oh. that would probably be me <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't want label anybody soft but everybody has their own pain tolerance and all that stuff but yeah if they wanted to play bad enough and we could make it so they could give it a shot and uh, see if they could go they could go but if you know we told coach no go or coach didn't want them to go back in they'd say no i guess this is just another angle to come at you with those last two questions what one or two players love to visit the training room as often as possible oh. if nothing else to avoid practice uh. and who's one or two players that wanted no part of the training room well training room uh actually was functional in the sense that at the Coliseum when we were there they didn't have a players lounge they had one back back end of the training room for a while but you know it was like a social gathering I mean you know you'd have some athletes from other sports in there and that's you know it, it was just something to do before practice Let's get back to the coaches you worked with. Uh, just a little bit about them. You can be as honest as you want yeah. to, whatever comes to mind. You know, share with our people your real, true feelings. And let's go back. Uh, well, you mentioned Adolph, but we'll mention Adolph again because he's technically the first coach yeah. that you worked with. Yeah, Adolph. Uh, 
like I said, uh, you know, I didn't get to uh, spend much time with him one-on-one. I, you know, just like all coaches, I respect him because they're my boss. And uh, he was uh, always superstitious. He'd always have to step on the manhole cover, going to the student center to pregame meals. And uh, he he was a, a great, great person to build this program, and we owe Uncle Adolph a lot. Joe B. Hall. Uh, Joe B. Hall. He, uh, he's a guy I respect very much, and I'm thankful I got to come back and work with him. Uh, he helped me out. When I was uh, going through my first divorce, he let me move into Wildcat Lodge, which I was was very good of him. I'm, I'm glad he did that. But uh, when Christmas rolled around, uh, he came in the train room and gave me $200. I said, what's that for? He says, this is for your girls. So they had a good Christmas. Learn Hamilton. Leonard Hamilton, he was uh, <laughs> he was a hot wire. I tell you what, he was always checking on this, checking on that, and uh, I don't know if he's just uh, playing with me these times or not. But uh, usually we'd have a noon meal, and then we'd have a pregame meal at four or whatever. But he was always asking me what time the noon meal was. <laughs> Dick Parsons. Oh, Coach Parsons. He uh, he's a great great man. He uh, sort of low profile. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it was a good cop bad cop situation <laughs> with him and Coach Hall or any of them, but he was uh, he is a very loving person, and he you know, always treated me nice and. Uh, I just love Coach Hall and Coach Parsons and, you know, all those guys. Joe Dean. Joe Dean, he was a little ball of fire, too. He uh, he uh, seemed like he was on a mission when he was here, and I, I'm sure he was, uh, to try to get better as a coach and as a person. And uh, he uh, had that uh, airplane crash that uh, I think his back got messed up pretty good but he overcame that and uh we lost a good doctor yeah yeah dr, dr. Bailey. bailey yeah yeah but uh yeah bob chambers bob chambers he was a he was just like uh your next door neighbor or something just friendly guy loved to go fishing always smiling having something nice to say about you i think all the players loved him and uh you know, I do too. Jim Hatfield. Jim Hatfield. There's a guy. He uh, he was a go-getter too. He uh, he uh, worked here. I can't remember how many years. And uh, worked here actually twice. The first yeah. year or two of yeah. Joe B. And then at Jim the end. And, yeah, yeah. But uh, Jim Hatfield, he was always a nice guy to me. Eddie Sutton. Uh, there again, uh, 
guy that uh, I respect. He, uh, of course, everybody knows he had issues, and uh, but he always treated me nice. Uh, always cutting up with the team a lot, and uh, I think he, you know, did as much as he could when he was here, and then you know. Sometimes. And he liked popcorn. Yep, yep. And, uh, yeah, he, he just didn't make it here, and there's a lot of coaches here that hadn't made it here. Jimmy Dykes. Jimmy Dykes, yeah. He was uh, <clears throat> another go-getter with uh, Coach Sutton. Uh, I see where he's in broadcasting now. He was uh, the women's coach. Coach at Arkansas. At Arkansas, yeah. Yeah, so. James Dickey. James Dickey. He was a fun guy, too. Uh, he, uh always treated me nice and all the players nice and had a good good time you know they, they knew when to have have fun and when to get down to business and a guy who has been plugged in many times here to kentucky who is enjoying a stellar career as we speak right now his team is leading the nba eastern conference he was an all-star coach last month, played here on the 78 team, was a member of Eddie Sutton's staff, Dwayne Casey. Yeah, Dwayne Casey. He, he, uh, <clears throat> I would say Dwayne, even when he was a college student, you know, he'd dress up to go to the games and stuff, and even around campus, uh, Dwayne, Dwayne uh, always exuded class. I mean, he always hair was nice clothes were nice he was always pleasant to be around and he always always gave credit to his grandmother oh yeah yeah remember that okay rick patino rick patino well i think when uh rick got here <clears throat> he was a. Uh, a little bit of a different coach to work for than uh, the others. Uh, he, of course, he had his demands. He had his ways. And uh, Rick was just Rick and not nothing, nothing about it. But I don't think we saw eye to eye on everything. Of course, I wouldn't try to correct him or anything. That'd be uh, stupid on my part. But... Uh, he uh, comes in, which a lot of new coaches come in. They want their own person as an athletic trainer. Or, and then, you know, that's what it finally wound up to. And rather than try to stay in that position, I went to Olympic sports. Ralph Willard. Ralph, I, you know, Ralph was uh, – one of uh, Rick's top assistants, and he was always good to me. But, you know, with Rick's staff, I didn't get to know those guys as much as back in the day when, you know, Coach Hall and, you know. Billy Donovan. Yep. Yep. He's one of the guys that played the morning lunch leagues with uh, Rick Patino, 6 a.m. at the Coliseum. <laughs> Tubby used to play 
Rock used to elbow Tubby so bad they'd come in and get his ribs treated. <laughs> Herb Sendak. Herb Sendak. Yeah, he was a nice guy. You know, just like I said, the other ones, I, I didn't get to exactly build a relationship with those guys. The last one who you was with him, I guess, a year or two, your last two years, who later came back and coached for 10 years here, Tubby Smith. Uh, Tubby Smith always, Tubby had a great personality. He cares about people. He uh, always asked me about my family, and uh, he was just a great person to all people. And uh, sometimes I think Tubby doesn't get enough credit for what he did when he was here. And uh, I think it's time and pray as time goes on that people will appreciate him and Coach Hall and all those other people that, uh, you know, were sort of pushed aside and people didn't really, really ponder on, you know, what kind of quality people they were and what kind of quality people were, uh, they were showing their, their players, I mean, how to grow up. When someone writes a 50-year history of UK athletics, how would Walt McCombs like to be described? I would say loyal. <clears throat> Just loyal. Yeah. Tried to do his job best he could, and he got what you got. But if I didn't know how to do something, I'd be the first one to go find somebody that that could show me the right way to do it or the right way to handle it. Because, you know, that's one thing. You have access now to all these new uh, uh, x-rays, MRIs, and all that stuff. And uh, they get better care. But, uh, you know, I, I, I never wanted to try to go do something far out and knowing it might or might not work and do it. I, yeah. Thanks, Walt. Been a pleasure. Always good to see you. Hey, thank you, Oscar. Our thanks to Walt McCombs for sharing his memories with us in this episode of Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's. To learn more about Walt's career at UK, that's episode 48, and it's available at oscarcombs.com. Also, too, all episodes are available for free through the Google Play Store and iTunes. Just search for at Wildcat News and hit subscribe, and episodes will be automatically downloaded to your device. And for more with Oscar, you can always follow him on Twitter at Wildcat News. I'm Bill Robinson, thanking you for listening to Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's. And as always, go Big Blue.